Hello and welcome to Inkspire from Tharston, the podcast that talks about all the different ways that you can help your print business to lead the way. In each episode, we'll cover a range of topics such as the latest and greatest technologies for printers, industry trends, and knowledge that could help your business run faster and smarter. So, here we go. Hello, it's uh, Ross Edwards here from Tharson. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about integration and what does that actually mean. It's a topic you'll hear a lot about in the print industry, uh, but we want to look at what is it and why it's so important. So I'm really pleased today to be talking to uh, with one of our integration experts and uh, Tharson's workflow specialist, uh, John Murphy, uh, about his experience with integration and his advice for anyone thinking of, of uh, integrating the software. So uh, let's go. Start, let's get started. So I th- thought, first of all, uh, John, it'd be great if you could just uh, introduce us here and tell us a little bit about your, your experience and your background. Okay. So uh, hello, Ross. How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, so yeah so i've been in the print industry since uh leaving school and uh i'm just gone over the 50 years old so i've been there i started actually as a machine operator so if anybody's got a a gto 52 a, a sewn a four color or a two color mo i'm still available to work at the weekends <laughs> and run the machine <laughs> and then uh Somehow found myself in desktop publishing, so I worked for a company called Laser Bureau that was the uh, first desktop publishing agency that I well, certainly I heard of in, in the UK up in central London. And then whizzed through a few different studios and then ended up working for Heidelberg as a second-level support uh, Pronect integration mm-hmm. specialist. So I then worked alongside Keith on integration projects. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Keith McMurtry, our MD, yeah. Yeah, Keith McMurtry, the MD. Sorry tip me cap and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I decided to join Tharston about three years ago so I work on all sorts of integration projects I'm kind of fortunate in a way I do some promotional work like this uh, I've also uh, work on uh, events uh, doing uh, working on stands and so on and so forth working on customer demonstrations trying to find out what it is that customers want to do and I'm very fortunate I get involved in the projects actually delivering them on some sites so that's me. That's uh, what I do. And uh, hopefully I've armed with the necessary skills to answer your probing questions today. Cool. Uh, thanks for that, intro. It's, uh, it's good to know, uh, John. So, um, yeah, let's, let's get stuck into it then. So um, uh, integration, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting word, isn't it, um, uh, uh, in terms of you know, what, what, what does it mean or what, what does it mean to you, do you think? Well, it's a strange one. I mean, I- I- integration itself is such a broad sweeping brush i mean it it covers everything it covers everything so and i'd much rather actually that we were able to break it down into a more detailed detailed one and after trying to do this for 15 years i'd much rather come up with a new word because i'm sick of death of the sound of it but uh, there isn't one there isn't a better word for it it is the only uh, uh only term but the way i look at it is that some people think that it's just the integration of two pieces of software with each other. And there is an argument that that obviously always happens. And so you'll get two pieces of software that talk their own language internally and integrating them means that they are then able to communicate with each other, which is clearly what they do and what they deliver. But I don't actually think that's really the benefit of integration. I think joining Mm -hmm. up for me, for me, I've always been an advocate of integration joining departments. 
So I remember when I first started in print, I worked for a company called um, AB Print and Design down Glenthorne Road, uh, about a 20-minute walk from my house. And when I used to walk in there, we would walk in, turn left, go up the stairs. I can picture it now. And then I would walk past office after office after office after office. And inside that office were different departments. So there were right. there were compositors. There were filmmakers, there were planners, there were plate makers. Then they, we go into the estimating and account handling and design and all of these things. And each one of those departments uh, had at least two people in them. And those people mm-hmm. were working in their little silos trying to roll things forward. So, right, so they were like their own little separate departments. Yeah, they were. They were own separate departments, and, and, and which is okay, but there's so much administration to try and deal with all of that, not to mention the fact that, you know, the amount of re- duplication of work that's required to keep them going. Now, mm-hmm. over the years, that has changed dramatically. Now those companies simply don't exist. I certainly haven't seen one for a very long time. So what you're looking at is probably pre-press stroke design could be in the same room together. Yeah. Estimators, uh, customer relationship managers, if you like, mm-hmm. and then production. So the way I look at integration is actually a way of, 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 of taking those four departments and integrating them with each other so that actually once the data is input once by one of those departments, whoever it is, it's actually free and available to all of the other departments. Yes. And so, so I think it's less about software. It's more departmental integration. So you're saying kind of it's almost integration is just is is a mechanism. It's a tool to actually bring together the departments within the business. That's 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 how I think the the greatest gain is made. I think if you think of it that way, it's just. But integration, it's true. It does all of the things that we mentioned. It does connect software. It does use technology. It does do this. But for me, it's department busting. It's breaking down those barriers between the different departments yeah. using and technology so it, to do it. Is integration in your mind, is it a, a, a two-way thing? Is it, is it, or is it, just, is it about just pushing information from one system into another? Well, it's, 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 it's actually when people often see a demonstration of it. I don't think they see that at all. They yeah. don't see it that way. I don't know whether it's a question. For me, it's once you input it once, it's available everywhere. Yeah. Technology yeah. should enable to do it. So I think you could say that's two-way, and often yeah. multiple departments have to input to, let's say, a form of information. Yeah. But the, once they've all input it, that form is then available to everybody. So whether that's JDF or or, or, or an application or anything, it makes no difference. It's just input the data and have it visible and able to be so seen. It's, it's sharing, else. sharing information. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, something that, that I often find when I'm, when I'm engaging with businesses is, 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 is when we talk integration, it, the, the, it, it's, it's almost synonymous with, 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 with automation. When people, that's what people kind of think of it. Is that how you, you view it? Is, does integration always mean uh, automation? Yeah, so that's interesting. So actually, there's a lot of presumed, uh, in my experience, there's a lot of presumed believing. I think that's the wrong term. It doesn't matter. You understand there's a lot of presumed knowledge that actually integration means automation. There's actually, they are fundamentally the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the reality of it is, Ross, is that they're, 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 they're not. They're actually, you can have parts of, each, of them within each other. Yeah. But a full automated workflow, something that arrives from a certain location and then ends up finding its way onto a device and being produced can happen. And actually, we yeah. do have sites out there. But actually, for me, they are, offer a quick win on a specific project, but then, but, but a fully automated workflow for a customer's entire product range is very rare. I mean, very, yeah. very, very rare. So, and, and primarily the reason for that is that there are always aspects within the workflow that are beyond your control Yes, in a traditional print business. Yeah. So where I see automation is often when you're looking at somebody who has, let's say for our sake, a web portal where, yeah. where either the artwork is created through a trusted source or it comes from somebody who is always delivering the same sort of artwork. So they have already mm-hmm. got over the, the things that may be wrong with them. And then when the artwork is delivered in, you can either A, trust it or B, pre-flight it with the necessary checks to make sure that it's okay before it's then delivered downstream. Uh, there yeah. might be other, there might be other things within an automated workflow that you also don't have control over. You know, the page quantity might change. You know, the delivery date might change. The mm. all of these things. If we've got pre-setting data within our MIS that says this product should be forty-eight pages and fifty pages arrive in an automated workflow, that's a disaster. But actually, it could be something that could happen at any time to any job as it comes down. So, automation can occur in an integrated in part, in an integrated environment. But actually, mm-hmm. the, it normally only works over a quite a narrow range of products where you have control over the variables. Yeah, I understand. So, so, so I think what we're saying is, is um, automation is achievable, but it, it, it's not it, it's not achievable for everything. It's, it only fits for for certain types of workflows, certain types of jobs, or or, or um, uh, profiles it's it's getting it's getting closer all the time i mean yeah. you know the, the, if we talk about pdf as, as and pre-flighting as as, yeah. as something that's always stands in the way of automation engine automation within a workflow you know pdfs now are more reliable arriving at print i know there'll be pre-press guys listening to this who are probably shaking their heads or shaking <laughs> their fists at the shaking the fists of the screen but mm-hmm. But that actually they are. I mean, I, I used to work on files where, you know, if you didn't have your wits about you, you could put a, a PDF into a workflow that could cause a complete disaster downstream. Now, you know, Adobe have got their act together and, and, and a lot of those things and a lot of the elements within the pre-flighted engines are sophisticated enough to deal with them, you know, coming through. We used to have a um, a test chromalin at Heidelberg that we used mm-hmm. to, when we were employing people, we used to, point at it and say, you know, can you tell me what's wrong with that file? Or tell me what you would check on that file if it arrived at you. And there were things like, you know, heavy black text on a green background, something like that. So you could, would end up with a super black on half of the text and not on others. And then the right, yeah. fine white point type out of a four-color background and all these different bits and bobs. And I, I remember we used to use it to interview people just to see if they knew the sort of problems our customers would be experiencing. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we used it quite late on. And the guy who was, who was working alongside me, he looked at me and he said, well, you do know all that stuff's fixed now. And uh, that's true. <laughs> it, is all, it is all fixed now. 
Also, pre-flight engines used to be assessed against standards. So there were certain things that the pre-flight engine simply couldn't do. So a good example of that would be page size. You know, page size. How can you set a pre-flight? How can you set a pre-flight report to check on the page size when the page size is variable for every file? Well, you do it by delivering metadata from the MIS. So if we go in there and say this should be A4 and it turns up and it's 320 by 215, then then it can error or warn or pre-flight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we never had those tools available to us before. So right. it's getting closer, but mm-hmm. actually we should never confuse automation with integration. But without integration, you can't achieve automation. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. no, and sometimes both. That's the answer okay. to that question. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> Thanks, when, when you when you go down the, the, the integration track then, um, <clears throat> what, what does that mean for business? Do, 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 does that mean you talked before about departments and, and things like that? Do you, do, you, do you find that you have to then geographically uh, change your business and relocate things? Or yeah, so 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 here's the thing: that department. I mean, in my in my simplistic look of the world, bearing in mind I'm not considering the personalities in those different departments. If mm. it was my business. And I'd put the effort into creating an integrated project, integrating those departments together. One thing that I would certainly consider would be the open plan office to actually yeah. to have a, 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 you know, a set of clusters of tables. And on that cluster of table is the guy who formerly worked in the pre-press department. And then mm-hmm. he would be sat alongside the guy who was formerly the dedicated estimator. And he would then be sat next to a guy who was formerly in production. And, mm-hmm. and that, team and then you know the the customer facing people the sales people or the account handlers or whatever that they could be part of that cluster as well and that little pod then uses an integrated workflow in essence they have every piece of software on their laptop that they might need to produce the job in its entirety yeah and then they start working on their customers work so then all you need really is a, is is someone to control the flow of work coming through to make sure that, that that all the deadlines are achieved and that pod can then work on their stuff now what that gives you the big win for me mm-hmm. is that the, the there are a lot of simple tasks that in this non open plan office take time so there yeah. are Examples like the customer just wants a page proof. I just want a page proof on that job. I want something else to go through on it. I want a page proof. That's so simple to do. It's ridiculous. You know, you mm-hmm. just select the pages that you've just gone in have passed the pre-flight. You select them and then you output a proof. But if you're dealing with it on a department level, they've just got a pile of job bags that they're working their way through. And they, so actually in that little pod scenario, if a sales guy wants the proof, he could just lean across the table, say to the studio guy, are those pages all right? Yeah. Would you mind if I proved them? Sure, go ahead. They'd be able to select them on their console and just output those proofs where they wanted. And it eliminates a lot of those sort of bottlenecks, streamlines the process. What it also gets people doing is is overlapping their roles and their jobs. I was just about to say that. It sounds like it, 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 we're talking about a blurring of roles here, aren't we, where, where, where they become more skilled to be able to do other 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 tasks that they perhaps previously wouldn't have done. Yeah, that's right, Ross. I mean, you, you, I think the idea of it is is that this is not a headcount exercise. It's not about reducing headcount. It's about using technology to get more people customer facing. You know, if you've got an administrative team of fifteen or twenty people, of which only yeah. five of them, only five of them talk to the customer on a daily basis, 
that highlights the sort of frustrations that I see with businesses where they're not picking up extra costs on jobs because these five people are funneling all the communication through them, creating that mm -hmm. deadlock, creating that gridlock. So actually, if you could open that up more so that other people can do other roles and then manage that account with that customer in a safe way, and I, yeah. and I'm, I do mean that. And, and don't get me wrong, there will always be people who are better at doing laydowns than other people. Yeah. No question. You know, that, that, that's, that's an absolute given. There will always be, and that will always remain for those tricky jobs. But hopefully, you know, in an integrated environment, those jobs become less and less. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's giving that guy more time to work on that tricky laydown while all the yeah. other guys deal with the, the little digital jobs here and the little proofing uh, approval cycles and the, yeah. the issue in that pre-flight report, getting them to deal with that and leaving him time to do that is, is good, is positive. So a lot of it is dependent on, on A, whether the, the premises of the business can accommodate that open floor panel. And the other thing is it, it's down to the personalities. There are some pre-pressed people that I've met over the years. I probably wouldn't want talking to my customer on the phone either, if I'm being totally honest. The majority I would. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly all the customers I've visited recently, I would definitely trust all of them because they're all brilliant. But mm. there have been people in the past where you think you probably wouldn't want to do that. So you can find them another role to do, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting you say there about, you know, about, about headcount. It's, I know when I've been working with, with businesses trying to help them achieve the goals, it's, it's sometimes that thought that, that integration and automation is going to, mean that i can i can get rid of my pre-press department or i can uh you know reduce the numbers of people in, in different uh areas of the business and stuff but it, it, would you say it, it, is that the case do you think or 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 not so i've never i've never worked on a single project yet that closed a department ever I mean, literally ever. Mm. I don't think I ever. Yeah. I, I mean, at worst, I've seen. Yeah, you know, the worst I've seen people retire and not be replaced. But the way I would look at it is, is I think as I alluded to in in, in the question before, is that mm. the more people that you can get customer facing, the more people yeah. that can physically talk to your customers and look after them and take care of them, be it yeah. over the telephone or via email or whatever, it's got to be a good thing. So I wouldn't. Mm looking to do that i'd be looking to deal more work using the same workforce and creating more customer facing resource for my business yeah and i definitely I think wouldn't it, be not going to reduce headcount yeah i understand what you're saying there Joe. i think i think it's about being able to put systems in place and, and whether that's through integration or or, or or not but just have systems in place so that you can scale up your business without necessarily having to uh, uh, take on more people, uh, isn't it? It's, it's about being able to that linear growth, and 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 actually, if, if somebody was to leave the business, maybe you don't need to replace them. But it, it, it's not necessarily about we're going to automate this because we can then we can we can <laughs> we can make a whole department disappear. Yeah, um, you, I, I don't think you'll ever do that. There'll be skills and there'll be mm. skills and knowledge in that department that are vital to the business. Yeah, and absolutely yeah. vital to the business. Yeah. I've got oh, a question yes, for you, Ross, actually. I've got a question yeah. for you, mate. I'm, I'm new to this podcasting thing. Is it appropriate for me to take a slurp of my tea? Or is that? <laughs> go for it, John. Go for it. <laughs> Absolutely I'm dry. I'm Starbucks right now, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> I've got my Yorkshire tea, one sugar. How very British. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> me so, whistle um, as well. Whilst you're doing that, then, something to ponder on. Uh, um, 
question why why should i integrate what 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 sort of things can i do with integration have you, have you got some good examples that you can you can share with us so so the interesting thing was or certainly even three years ago when i first started working on here the focus mm. was really on feedback people wanted to integrate because they wanted to know where you know how much time had been spent producing that job i mean we used to have a lot of standalone press room managers or ryobis or, or or even digital devices that everything the big focus was the clicks was the clicks was the clicks yeah. and, and 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 the quantities and the running spin and stuff and that's a given i mean actually when you integrate you get that as a byproduct and then people started pushing harder rightly mm -hmm. so rightly so to right okay so if i'm doing that now i want to pre-flight the files intelligently i want to deliver the content i want the content to be delivered yeah to the right location within the imposition scheme i want to create the imposition scheme so here we go i mean that's that's a whole world i mean i've it's the it's for me is like the utopia of an integrated product mm. if you get a fully automated impositioning mechanism that considers everything within there i mean it's yeah. it, gold star it is the platinum of, of integration but but people started pushing for that and that's happening more and products like the layout library respond to that and you get actually the pre-pressed products that we integrate with are working hard on that as well you see a lot going on with dynamic color bars and you see a lot going on with 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 different mechanisms to try and assist with that process and and and, and that's that's where we're going there and then all of a sudden we then come into the realms of well once it's approved can we just send it to wherever it needs to be and then you look yeah. at other pockets if we go down the digital route you know, things like the EPM mechanism within HP, uh, the being able to, to deliver content into an in-focus switch workflow to review whether that product is appropriate for the EPM mode or not, and having that delivered, the content delivered back to us once it's been pre-flighted and checked, and then for us selecting the appropriate HP ticket template so that that job is, is sent using the EPM mode, and that decision is taken out of the end user uh, end users um, hands and you've got that sort of stuff and again you know you then start looking again in the HP environment of dealing with multi-part projects and so on and so forth and bringing them all together yeah. at the end including finishing tracking and so on and so forth and that's the biggest surprise to me actually with from an integration point of view is is how little postpress connectivity there is out there and actually how relatively simple it is to do in some cases to, to monitor and track yeah. because it is there but it's it's clearly not where it is now uh, and then switch comes along and gives it another kick with um, the pdf review module which is very popular mm -hmm. very very popular so that those are uh so they then come in board and then again so now we're taking those away from the pre-press workflows and bringing them in yeah. So to go back and answer this question, what can you do? Well, classically, that's what people were looking at. Now yeah. we're going really left field. I mean, we, we now have workflows out there that are using, you know, automatic emails to come in and update proof of delivery on jobs. You know, courier yeah. integration using these various smart products coming in and come connecting in via a direct database interaction or via a um, uh, via our API, physically updating status of where 
jobs are within them that's nothing to do with pre-press press or digital mm. just come in and updating wherever they are in there so it's difficult it's changing all the time and yeah. i can't remember the last time i just sat there and just showed a customer you know here's me sending a jdf to a press or a digital machine and look here's the feedback people want yeah. more now they want much more now and, and that, i guess that's good for me both from a career point of view it means i'm in a job for a few more years yeah and, <laughs> yeah uh, and it's also good that it means that we've done due diligence on those components. They're taken as a given now. They truly have become a standard, which is what we always wanted them to be. The fact that we've got 15 different standards, one each for each vendor, yeah. is neither here nor there. But at least we feel like we've achieved it and we've got there and we're now moving on to the next types of projects. Does that answer yeah, your question? No, that is, it does absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, it's um, like you say, it's almost like a feature in a, in a car, isn't it? You know, like uh, uh, ABS braking or something it is now everybody expects that. And, and kind of with, so what we're saying is with, with, with level one integration is just that, that, that being able to put, push something into the pre-press or the press or the digital and get the feedback. And now we, we, it, 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 the next level is, is kind of saying, well, actually, can, how can we automate the, the feed that comes into that and, and the, the proofing process and the, the communications with the customer? And how can we, we can make that experience a better experience for, for, our, for our customers and our, our staff internally? So, yeah, it's, it's just quite exciting stuff, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, it is. absolutely. Is. I, know, I know it's a difficult yeah. question to answer, isn't it? How, you know, what, what, what? What can I do with integration? And I guess you can do pretty much anything. It's 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 only limited by your imagination and maybe how how much time and how deep your pockets are. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> cool. well, uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what what about if, if sort of advice you would give to a, a business or somebody in, in terms of you know some some key things in in tackling a, a, an integration project what what sort of people do i need what, what advice could, could you give give there john what sort of people do you need well a lot of it depends on on the project and the size of the project uh, mm. you know so so for me i think that so when you put a project in that there clearly needs to be from the customer's point of view a project leader this this project leader doesn't need to be into the nuts and bolts of it but what they, yeah. they do need a broad stroke understanding of what it is that you're trying to achieve so that we mm -hmm. don't end up compromising that end result. But they need mm -hmm. to have access to the, the nerdy team to deliver the project. It's, it's absolutely vital, fundamental and vital to it that, that, that you identify a project leader in that front, normally in a managerial role, but somebody who has enough time to be able to commit to the project. And bearing in mind, it's not something you're going to be dealing with all the time, but, you know, thrice weekly meetings or something like that of bringing the the key members together would be sensible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's just talk, you know, a pre-press project. Who on earth would you get involved in that? If I was integrating to a standard pre-press workflow or a digital workflow or something like that. So clearly you, you, the people in that department who are going to be using at the end of the day, either you get one person, bring them in, use that to train the trainer or whether you commit everybody to the project and bring them in. To me, I'd much rather yeah. that you had somebody that within a department that was trained the trainer because they are then able to self-diagnose and self-fix problems, which is really important. And you learn mm -hmm. that when you train other things. Uh, then we have other people that you might not consider getting involved would be the fast and estimator themselves. So again, the head of that department would come in, would work on that project, 
would be part of that project, would work alongside the guys in pre-press so that they understand what's required and where it comes from. And yeah. So normally when I talk about production, so I, and bear in mind that this is a, a total a total sweeping stroke across it. Normally production are not in on the project on a day-by-day basis, but are will come in on it as from a consultation point of view. So you maybe yeah. have an hour with them in the morning or an hour with them at the end of the day that they come yeah. in and just – because actually often with these integration projects, uh, you need – a decision to be made. So the, the example I always give is, is let's talk overfold. I know there's so many different names for it. So we'll call it lap overfold. Okay. Whatever it is, yeah. whatever it's called anywhere that will get to the bottom of it. When you go to a site that hasn't been integrated, let's say someone has been folding up bits of paper to create load lay downs or doing them in Excel spreadsheets or whatever they're doing, you know, an overfold is a, is, is a figure that they put in. Very rarely do I ever come across a manual site where the overfold is a static figure. You know, our overfold right. is a quarter inch or 10 millimeters or whatever, wherever you are, whatever side of your Atlantic oh, is, there's 10 inches. And the reason for that is that, you know, everyone knows an overfold figure needs to be as much as you can possibly give it, basically. The bigger, the better until it gets to a certain point where it's detrimental to the production of that job. So you actually, historically, you could, because you were calculating these manually, you could have a 12 mil on this and 11 mil on this and 9 mil on this and 10 mil on this. But actually the impact on an integrated workflow of not actually coming up with a standard that, that you always go by mm. is enormous. So if there is no production input into it, it can have an enormous detrimental effect, particularly if they're not engaged and involved. But I wouldn't need somebody from production in there on an hour by minute by minute basis banging away. And, but for those key decisions as to, how are we going to deal with this? How can't we make a standard unless there's an exception to that standard? Say for landscape, but we need to change it. Those sort of decisions and impacts need to come in. It's, it's interesting. A lot of it, Ross, is down to, yeah. to the size of the business, how many people you've got and how much they can spare. And that's a point that I, that I feel I should make is that actually the – a lot of people look at, you know, go to an exhibition and see bits of software talking to each other, and they yeah. naturally assume that what they're talking about here is the the place with five long perfecting machines, or they're talking about the places with a headcount of 100 to 200 people working on these things. But for me, I find, yeah. in my opinion, integrated workflows should actually be embraced by smaller businesses. The smaller mm. the business. In my opinion, the more you need integration, the more you need integration, not automation, but integration. Because yeah. that pod that I spoke about earlier, that pod could be the whole business. So if they're all doing their own thing, using their own technology and not talking to each other, that is wasting time. And and, and not always, but these smaller businesses often are dealing with smaller projects. That tend to be the sort of business they go after, the shorter runs, more yeah. digital more of these sort of things. And so actually the the price per the price or the sales price per product is is lower, but you do a lot more of them. Or mm. it feels like a lot more of them. So actually if you could have a full integrated workflow in that environment, I believe the gain is greater. You know, I think that the the, the a place, you know, a single printers with let's say two digital machines and a staff of eighteen, I think yeah. you'd almost have to integrate to make that a profitable business. And that's a, that's a yeah. really, I think that's a really, probably I've gone over the top there, but you know what I'm saying. 
No, absolutely. I think yeah, it's that some small businesses might feel that it's 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 this isn't for them. This integration is just a big business thing. But I think you're absolutely right, John. It's there's there's a lot of benefits to be gained for for small businesses. You know, not just big businesses. And integration is a is a is a lot more achievable now as well with the, the technology that's out there. And, and it's just about working with the right businesses. I think isn't it to uh, the, the right experts to to deliver that for you if you haven't got time to do it yourself you know get get, get people in that can can set it up for you and especially in a small business you, you, you're often wearing multiple hats anyway aren't you so <laughs> integrate it and it, yeah. it, it just it it makes it makes life easier for you yeah that's a good point so when uh, when actually thinking of integration um when you're in a, in a an integration project often there's multiple vendors uh, as, as we know so it, it, you know it could be be fast and it could be the pre-press uh software or the the, the press um uh, vendors or uh, a, a, a switch consultant or, or whoever how how do you avoid being piggy in the middle how who takes charge of a of a when you've got multiple vendors working together so i think this is a reservation that anyone wanting to go down the integration route would 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 fear I think that this is what they yeah. would be. I th- I absolutely, and I can totally understand. If it was my money, I was spending it, and I was half a bucket of money goes to this company, and half a bucket of money goes to that thing. I would be exactly the same. I would be exactly the mm-hmm. same. I would. Be, I would be fearful of that. And to be honest, that, that you know, if it's not managed properly, you you absolutely can. You know, you could phone a support desk on either side, and they have a twenty minute look at the problem, then fire an email back and saying that's not us, that's Tharston. That is. Yeah. One of the one of the jobs that I do, one of the jobs that I do is 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 as much about relationships as it is about technology. And mm-hmm. I have the full support of everyone here. I mean, you know, today while we were get, while I was getting ready for this, I came in and saw uh, a guy and Stephen Whipping, our support team, sat there creating folding schemes in Apogee to try and simulate mm-hmm. a problem. Stephen's never touched Apogee in his entire life. So I was over there sat there. We are, as far as we're concerned, I think that Tharston mm. is prepared to take the heavy lifting. And as a business, we take yeah. the heavy lifting. And, and it's actually one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of is that we, we, yeah. we do try, genuinely try to not make it our problem or their problem. We just make it the problem and we use yeah. whatever resources we can. So, so typically we do the heavy lifting, we take the call, we speak to the customer, we understand what the issue is, we investigate it. But instead of bouncing that back, instead of just bouncing that back and saying, oh, that's a problem with Heidelberg there's, or that's a problem with HP there's, you should contact them. What we then do is we take that problem and then go and speak to those vendors directly. And I think that's yes. actually the way that it's got to be. I think that's the way it's got to be because you don't know who you're talking to at the, uh, at the vendor's point of view. That You know, they have workforce, but only a small percentage of them work on these JDF projects. We all work mm. on them here. We all work on them yeah. here, so we understand what the end result is. So it has to be us that takes the lead on that. So the customer makes the complaint to us or, 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 or makes the complaint to the vendor and the vendor comes to us. We then have a look at it and then go to our contacts in the field, and we've got this. I mean, I wouldn't give any of their names out. I wouldn't give any of the numbers, but we, we, we know the nerds in the bunkers. We know who to get hold of. <laughs> <laughs> we, love, we love the nerds. When we find them, they're precious. And I've got to say, I probably, in all the major vendors, there are one on one or two of them. And if they're listening to this podcast, they know who they are. 
they're the ones that we go <laughs> after. They're the ones who, who, who get it and are on board with us. And um, yeah. so we really try that to take that, uh, you know, vendor piggy in the middle scenario. We really try to, to, to avoid that at all costs because it, it's no good for us and it's no good for the vendor and it's definitely not any good for the customer. Yeah. Yeah, so it's about just taking taking ownership of it and and working with with collaboratively with with whoever we need to 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 um to to make make that happen make 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 it make it work. Yeah, so if 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 ever fast and get rid of me, I'm taking my address book with me. <laughs> Your little black book. <laughs> book of nerds in the bunkers. <laughs> cool. All right, so one more question for you, John, and then we'll probably probably bring bring it to wrap wrap this up. Um, what 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 key advice would you give to someone who is thinking about integration or or has an integration idea? But what would be your 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 one big thing that you you you'd you'd suggest to them? I find most integration projects start around a specific task or a specific job that you produce or a specific thing that you do, or they revolve around a specific piece of equipment that's been purchased that you want to find mm-hmm. an efficient way of dealing with it. Yeah. And I think that actually works really well because you can focus on that individual project, keep it real, keep it, keep it sensible, keep it grounded. And then you can, you can deliver those, you know, uh, deliver that project and then assess everything else by assess everything else. Sorry, add everything else on that afterwards. So I'm sorry, I haven't described that very well, but the, the point I made, let's just say I've just got this new web to print portal and I want those orders to come in and arrive at my digital machine. That's a perfect time to create an integrated workflow. Absolutely perfect because you have a specific requirement to deliver that project. And then you can do it as a beginning, as a middle and an end. And actually it, the whole thing doesn't become so daunting that you can't see the woods for the trees. You just look at it. Right. So I think that you start with, if you start with that and go down that route with the specific task that you want to make better, then you can move it sideways and moving it sideways, like growing it into other products and other projects and other pieces of equipment, then becomes easier because that, you know, the workforce is trained and actually the customer is more self-sufficient. I mean, this is one of the things that I, that I'm a really enormous believer in. When I used to work on these projects, I used to go in and configure them and set them up just just do them all. Just do the whole thing. Now I've I've yeah. kind of changed my approach on it so much more now about training the individual to be self sufficient, which is exactly yeah. the right way to do it. You know, it's yeah to understand the fifteen or so workflows that I that I work on takes years. I mean, it's difficult, but that's not what we're doing here. You're only ordinarily dealing with two, possibly three workflows. So actually, mm-hmm. it's, if I was on site for five days and I spent four days setting it up and a day showing them how to use it. That's not doing the customer or us any benefits whatsoever because something else comes along. We've got to come back again. We get a problem. No one knows how to do it. I would much rather spend four days training and then one day configuring that specific workflow with that customer because then you have that customer then has the capability to grow and to self-diagnose the problems and fix them because mm. it is frustrating mm. for everybody having to post everything via a support desk. Yeah. So. The key advice I'd give to anyone thinking about an integration is think about a specific project and deliver that first. And secondly, when you do have the integration guys on site, treat that as a training exercise, not a project implementation. So in other words, try all you can, and I know it's difficult in modern printers, but try all you can to give that 
guy who's running with that project the resource and time that he needs to be able to deliver it mm -hmm. and to be self-sufficient moving forward. Does, does that advice. answer your question, Ross? Does it that answer your question? It does, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have, have another swig of tea to celebrate. <laughs> you deserve it well done so well thank you very much john uh so so uh that's it from from us and uh thanks everyone for for listening you can check out more about inspiration on the thorsten blog actually uh and uh, also in the show notes or if you've got any questions you can even drop me an email at ross.edwards at thorsten.com uh, and if anyone would like to be part of the podcast and join me to talk about something they're passionate about uh, that could help companies in our fantastic industry, then let me know. We'd love to hear from you. So until next episode, goodbye and uh, thanks for listening.